Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, everyone. I believe we're unmuted and welcome to the Agent Power Huddle today. We are happy to be back with you for our eight-part series in the book, Way of the Seal. So we're over on the East Coast, uh, 11 o'clock our time, eight o'clock on the Pacific Coast. So welcome everyone as everybody's logging in now. I believe we're going live on Facebook. So we welcome everybody that's joining us, covering some great material from this book called Way of the Seal. And we're right in the middle of an eight-part series. I have my good friend Craig Graves with me this morning as part of this series. So welcome to Craig. I'm Matthew Hanks. I have a real estate team here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Been doing this quite a while and excited to be bringing you this material here at Ancient Power Huddle. So welcome to everybody as you're logging on. Uh, Craig, welcome. You want to just start with telling everybody a little bit about who you are and your your training that you've done with this book and the creator of the book, the writer. Yeah. Uh, your coaching material. Yeah. I'm happy to be here, guys. Thanks again for having me. Uh, like Matthew said, he and I have been, been buddies for a long time, um, several years now. And um, yeah, so I found this book that we're reviewing, The Way of the Seal, in, in 2013 or so, and um, basically have studied Mark's materials for a long time. Mark opened up a coaching program a few years back, Matthew, and I, I got certified as one of his coaches in, in January of last year. So um, so here I am. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. So Mark Devine, really cool guy, went through SEAL training. Uh, he was somebody off of Wall Street. So he was a business executive, right, before he went into Yeah, military. yeah. Mark went to, to – uh, Mark was a CPA, and he was working on Wall Street and kind of felt unaligned with where he was with that uh, – a particular part of his life. And he was walking through Manhattan one day and saw a, a recruiting poster in the Navy recruiter office, be someone special. That was the Navy SEAL recruiting poster. And so he, he quit that job and, and joined the SEAL team. Went to OCS and was a SEAL officer for 20 years. Yeah, incredible. And then one of the things that he saw, which I thought was very interesting, is the fail ratio for those who try to make it through BUDS and SEAL training, that initial training for the Navy SEALs. They had a 90% fail ratio, and that was something that he saw, and he said, there's got to be a way to study those that make it through that training, and then maybe put a program together that people could sign up for and better prepare themselves for the Navy SEALs yeah. and the training that they do. Yeah. And so he did that, and he found that the failure, instead of a 90, 85% failure ratio for those who try to make it through SEAL training, there was a 90% success ratio for those that had successfully made it through the training and then went into the SEAL training. Yeah. And it yeah. was it was studying the, the folks that made it through and putting that program together that he came together with the eight principles of the way of the SEAL. Yeah. So. Yeah, Mark trained at a, a martial arts academy in Manhattan when he, before he joined the SEAL teams. And he began to learn these mindset techniques, these mental toughness techniques. And so when he went through SEAL training, like Matthew said, 85 to 90% of people quit. Mark was the number one guy in his class, number one guy in Bud's, the honor man. And his boat crew made it through. Now, that's the first time that happened in, in SEAL training, and it hasn't happened since. That he was his leadership uh, got all of his boat crew through. And when he got out of the Navy, he went to work uh, for the Navy, basically doing what Matt says. He was training guys that were going to become SEALs 
to actually make it through the training. Long story short, it didn't work out. And he opened up his own business, uh, Seal Fit, and began training these seal candidates to, to go off to buds. And so uh, he has these camps called Kokoro, 48 hours. And he was running one of those camps. And he noticed a, a civilian was there. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? You know? And the guy's like, well, I always wanted to know if I had what it took. And then the next class, he had two or three civilians. And then he realized there was a civilian market for this thing. And he started moving into that market. So in putting together Way of the Seal, uh, let me just pause there and say a couple of things to the group. First of all, if you have questions, please feel free to put those in the chat. We're going to try to get to those at the end of our session, uh, our 30 minutes that we're going to spend together today. Put those questions in the chat. But also there were a couple of files related to this training. We reviewed those on the first call. Uh, one was the three P's document. And there's also a workbook that goes along with this book, Way of the Seal. Both of those PDFs were uploaded into our Facebook group, the Agent Power Huddle Facebook group. So you'll find the files there. So feel free to engage on the Facebook group, find those documents. And I think those will help you as you explore this material. So Craig, before we get into, the, we're in the third principle of the material. Before we do that, why don't we do a quick review of the first two principles? Okay, that sounds good to me. Yeah, the first principle was establishing our set point. And in that principle, we talk about building a stand. And a stand is what would I do? So if you have a difficult decision or something comes up, if you have written a stand, then it makes making those decisions a lot easier. We also talked about our purpose, and that goes back to that three-piece document that Matthew just uh, just mentioned. You know, if a stand is what would we do, a purpose is really why are we here? So now that we know those two things or have those two things done, we went on to principle number two, which is to develop front side focus. You know, how do we prevent distractions and other things, or maybe low-hanging fruit, from getting us off track? And so we talked about preparing our mind, which was breathing and spending time in silence, uh, envisioning our goal. We mentioned visualization, I think, on every, every one of these calls now. Uh, defining the mission, what are the explicit and implicit tasks that are going to have to be completed to get this thing done? And we talked about simplifying the battlefield, which was determining our unique offer, and then decluttering our life in three different areas. So that's kind of a review of where we are. And then today that moves us into bulletproofing our mission. We're going to make sure that we do our best to bulletproof it to prevent ourselves from, uh, from failure. Yeah, one of the things as a material is this, it's applicable for life. It's applicable for business. If you're in the military, which there may be a few on the call that are, uh, I do have a military background. But the thing about this is I know this is a real estate focused group. Those in the group are logging in to get information to help you in your real estate journey. So while during the call, we may be trying to relate this, the material that he's presenting here. Not only is it going to benefit life, but how would it go if I benefit in the real estate business? Absolutely. Tell some stories along the way. Right. Right. Yeah. These skills we're talking about are transferable. There's really a military basis, obviously, Martin being a SEAL. But all these skills are transferable. All these tools we're talking about are transferable to really any industry. Including real estate. Life. Absolutely. Real estate. Yeah. So principle three, let's talk about making your mission bulletproof. We'll just get right into things. There's really a four-pronged approach. We, 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 we hit, really hit a few items. And so we're going to select high-value targets, Matt. We're going to explore our options. We're going to talk about communicating. And then again, we're going to get into dirt diving, which involves some, some visualization and maybe some role play. Okay. So selecting high-value targets, a lot of what we're talking about today, there are tools for these processes. So 
Um, there's a tool called FITS, which helps us select our high-value targets and um, keep us from distractions like the low-hanging fruit we just, we just talked about. Well, one of the challenges we have in real estate, uh, one of the things I thought found interesting is that the failure ratio for those that made it through SEAL training, uh, Tom Ferry gives the stats, 87% of those who enter the real estate industry don't make it two years. Really? So in two years, if you look at those who began their journey in real estate, in two years, 87% are gone. Wow. So I know it doesn't take two years to flunk out of or, or drop out of SEAL training, but the numbers parallel. So as we look at deciding on a target in real estate, we are distracted in every day and what we do, be it opportunities in front of us. Do we work with sellers? Do we want buyers? What market are we going to be a part of? What company are we going to be a part of? There are distractions that we have to battle every day. Mm -hmm. So as, as it says, select the high value targets, we have to put 20% of our effort into getting 80% of our results. So what, what are we targeting? And how are we making sure we're selecting the right targets to pursue? Right, absolutely. So now that we have defined our purpose and we know what our mission is, the, the FITS tool is going to help us select the high value targets. So FITS is... Um, is it an acronym? Is that the right, the right way to say that? Okay, so does the we're going to run these, these high-value targets or these targets through this FITS model to see which targets are high-value. So we're going to ask ourselves four questions. Does this particular target fit our skills? Does it fit our skills and the skills of our team? How important is this target to, to mission accomplishment? Is the timing right? And can we simplify? Can we keep this target simple? Now, if we have 10 different targets we think that uh, we need to hit to get to our mission, you know, how do we know which ones are high value? So we can give each one of these categories a ranking. So if we have a target, um, Matt, what's a good target? In real estate? Yeah. Well, we talked about targets in real estate could be you could send a lot of outbound referrals or you could go after inbound referrals into your market. That can be an area that you go after. Uh, but for us, it'd be leads and you could have geographical farming, you could do open houses, you could have online leads, you could decide to work with sellers, or you could decide to work with buyers, or rentals or property management. So we have income that comes our way in the real estate business in all of these areas. Right. So really, they, they could all be targets. Right. Absolutely. But there may be more resources it takes to go after listings than it does a buyer. Well, would that, would that FISBO in my neighborhood be an example of something we could run through the FIS model? We could. Uh, one example of that is, you know, before we would get there, say, well, do you want to work with sellers? Do you want to work with buyers as a real estate professional? Those are really your big two options and what we do. So in the market, I don't know if it's like this all over the country for where everybody's joining in, but in the Charlotte, North Carolina market, we have a severe inventory shortage. We need inventory. We need sellers. And if you have the option to work with sellers, you have the option to work with buyers, you're probably better off at this point to target sellers and listings and what we do. So then if you're going to go after sellers, then you decide, well, is it going to be expired listings? Is it going to be for sale by owner listings? Are you going after, um, saw a webinar earlier in the week about uh, divorce targeting divorce attorneys because there's oftentimes property needs to be sold Got it. in your case for sale by owner Got it. in your neighborhood. Okay. So Matthew listed out several different options there to, to reach out to buyers. So there's a FISBO right down the, uh, I live in a townhouse and on the opposite end, there's a FISBO there. So perhaps getting a for sale by owner, we would run through our FITS model. So does that particular target fit our skills? And you give that a ranking. So let's say that's a five. We're going to scale them one to five. That's a five because we've gotten skills to do that. How important is it? 
that's a very important thing, right? To, to reach out to, uh, you said sellers, right? Yeah, uh, is the, it's extremely important right now to, to target sellers. Is the timing right? I, absolutely. It's a hot market. And is it simple? Yes. So we give all those to category five. Maybe one of the other options um, Matthew brought up, uh, it's a four in the fits. Does it fit? It's a three in the importance. It's a, it's a two in timing, and it's, and it's a complex thing, so it's one. Then we can uh, we can add those numbers up, and we know that that for sale by owner is a lot higher value target than the other thing that we're thinking about. So if we have 10 targets, we run them all through that FITS model, then we can determine which ones are high value. So the most valuable resource we have is our time. So if we were to run through this model and use this on a daily basis to determine where are we going to focus our time for the day, imagine how efficient we would be how productive we would be. Yeah, right. And we're not spinning our wheels, making the best use of our times. Right. So, that's right. So the FITS model, F, is is it a FIT? Is it a FIT? Is it a FIT for our, fit our skills and our team? Right. That's right. How important is it? Is number two? Is it the right time? And can we keep it simple? Is it a simple target force to hit? And that's the FITS model. Now that we know that, we're going to explore our options on getting this thing done, right? And basically what that looks like is we're going to list our priorities. We're going to list our realities. Then what are the options to get this target, to hit this target? And then based on that kind of, based on that information, then we can choose our path forward. Okay, so two acronyms that we're covering today. One is the FITS, and that's how we select a how-value target. Then once we've done that, we know which targets we're targeting. Uh, or was it goals, um, big picture goals, small goals, or we're targeting? Uh, that's what the FITS acronym. And then that's kind of the what. And then after we do that, we explore our options, which is the how. Right. So how do we go after the targets that we're, that we're identifying with FITS? And go into the how. That's right. That's absolutely right. So, uh, you know, this is not a real estate example, but Matt and I talked about this before the call started. You know, if I'm starting, if I'm starting an agency or whatever, and I'm going to put up a website, for example, you know, so that's that's obviously a high priority item because that's normally the first thing that a customer is going to see or a client's going to see when they uh, find out about your business. So, what are the priorities that I'm facing? And, and, and that would definitely be one of them. What are the realities of putting up a website? Well, Matt, you know how to put up a website? Okay, so that's a reality. You know, we don't know how to do that. So, what are our options? Well, we could go get some books, start learning how to put up a website. We can hire somebody onto our team who can do that for us and then handle all our internet marketing stuff. Or we can go out and hire a contractor who just comes in, gives us a nice website and walks away. And then based on those options, we can determine which path makes the most sense for us to choose to move forward on that. And that's kind of how that prop tool would work. So the way you just went through that with the website, so we use FITS to determine whether pursuing the website was the right thing to do. Yes. So we determined that yes, as a real estate agent or a team, a company, we needed a website and then we used the prop process to determine how are we going to get yes. to a website for our team. Yes, what are our priorities, realities, options for getting that target uh, knocked out and then making a decision on the path forward. And that's how it brought to the works. So on the four-pronged approach, we've decided what? We've determined what high-value targets we're going to pursue. Now with the prop process, we've determined how we're going to get there. What's left on the two, two more prongs on the approach to bulletproofing the mission? Yeah, the next step would be communicating that vision, right? 
So this is more of a big picture item. And, and in the way the SEAL, Mark, when he, when he retired from the SEAL team, he and his, uh, his uh, family became business partners and opened up a brewing company. And so in order to communicate this mission to investors and other people who might be uh, coming on board, Mark had a model drawn of what this uh, restaurant was going to look like. And I think he said he secured $800,000 in, 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 yeah, in investing. He'd never started a restaurant. He'd been a, he'd been a military guy. But he had such a clear vision laid out so others could see it and buy into it that he was able to get people to come on board. Because people could envision themselves at the Coronado Brewing Company, sitting by the fireplace, you know, having a beer and having a nice dinner with their families. And um, that that's, you know, he was able to communicate that vision. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely had an advantage in painting that picture and communicating the vision to the banker or whoever he needed for that funding. Because in the military, if you're going to lead troops in any way, you everything done in the army or the military is done in a team environment. Right. You know, you're, you're trained to do a specific job, and you've got people around you that have been trained to do specific jobs, and you must come together in order to accomplish the mission. And if you don't have a leader or commander in that situation that's able to communicate to the vision, get everybody on the same page working together, uh, you're, you're going to have challenge with accomplishing the mission. So I can imagine him going in and selling. And I remember in the book and, and reading this chapter, he was talking about how surprised he was that this banker would just give that type of money to someone with this plan. And he had never been in the restaurant business before and 800, almost a million dollars worth of investment into this business. But I can imagine he went in and painted a very clear picture as to what he wanted to do with that money and how they were going to execute the mission, how they're going to open this brewery yeah. and, and secure the funding. Yes. That's the third prong is communicating the vision. There's a tool for this one too. It's called CMAC. And basically what that means is the situation, the mission, the action, the command, and the communication. And we won't go into too much detail on that one this morning. Another, another cool example, I was, I was telling Matthew before we, uh, before we came on, I ended up on a, a YouTube video about the Biltmore House recently. And it was like, what, what goes on on the fourth floor? What's on the fourth floor of the Biltmore House? And this video was taking us through that. And the model that the builder used to show Mr. Vanderbilt is stored upstairs and it showed the model. So it's just a small model of Biltmore House. And I was telling Matthew, that's an example of what we're talking about here. That that builder, that architect, communicated his vision of the Vanderbilt using this model of the Biltmore House. Well, that's the third prong, really, is dirt diving the mission. Well, actually, fourth. Uh, that's well, what yeah, fourth, I guess the fourth prong. Dirt, dirt diving right. Vision. That would be what communicated the vision and then dirt diving was to you build the model. You'll be able to show what's going on. I'm sure he had renderings of the brewery that he wanted to open that he included with that business plan. So Dirt Diving Mission says we're doing this in a trial environment. This is the model. This is what we're about to execute so everybody can see it very right. clearly yeah. and move forward. Absolutely. So in case you missed it, that's the fourth prong, Dirt Diving the Mission. Craig, what in the world is Dirt Diving? Well, you know, it kind of goes back. We've, we've been talking about visualization on the past two calls. And that's kind of what this is, too. It's kind of rehearsing what the mission looks like. So we have our high value targets. We know what path we're going to take. We've communicated it. And now we kind of get together and, and, and envision what that looks like. And it's, it's, it's Matthew brought up a great example earlier with a dirt dive in. So Matt, you want to kind of tell well, guys what you even if you've done just backyard flag football, you know, with your buddies, at some point, you're probably going to get frustrated that nobody's going where they're supposed to go. We're not being successful. So we're going to run a play. 
and you dive literally into the dirt, get down on the knee, say, hey, guys, gather around. Here's our play and the X's and O's, and I need you to go over here. I need you to go past the line and make a left, you know, cut to the left, that type of thing. And it's very similar when you're out on the battlefield with your troops yes. in, a, in a military environment because you don't have the whiteboard. You don't have the PowerPoint. So you literally dirt dive to one knee and you just use sticks or sand or whatever you have right there to be able to paint a picture of the battlefield and the environment where you're operating and to be able to show your troops, show your team members in the business setting, your team members, what we're about to do and where we're about to go and how we're going to be successful together. Yeah, it's, it's really a rehearsal. It's, you, you know, you can visualize it. You can sit and visualize. We talked about the, um, the mental projection or a mental rehearsal. Now, when Matthew and I, um, before we came on this morning, you know, we're in his office brainstorming. What do we want to cover? What's the sequence we're going to cover it in? Well, what are the points we want to make sure that we, that we cover? Let's put on the whiteboard so we don't forget what we want to say on this particular topic. And that's a form of dirt diving. We know what our mission is, um, and we're going through that thing in our minds, kind of thinking about how it's going to look like and what we're going to cover as, as we're talking. So that's a form of dirt diving. And the goal for us today was to bring value to those on the call. Uh, we had a call Wednesday. If you guys are joining us every month, we do Ask Me Anything. And we had a question that came up. It said the, one of the agents was had been a buyer agent for the entire extent of her career to that point. She wanted to switch over and be a listing agent. And I said, well, one of the things I'd recommend to be ready for that is to do a dress rehearsal, do a trial run with a listing, think in your mind and whiteboard out exactly everything you're going to need to be successful with that. You're going to need a professional photographer. You're going to need somebody to measure that property. You're going to need signage to go into the yard. You're going to need a virtual tour. You probably need a stager. You may need an inspector to go in and do a pre-inspection. But if you do all that in a practice environment, then when you sit at the listing or sit at the kitchen table with the sellers of a property and you're pursuing that listing, you can say, here's our plan. And we've already run through it. Uh, you know, I've done it in a dress rehearsal way and you're ready to go with, uh, with their property. So um, that, that would be a version of dirt diving right there. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, Matt. And he, Matthew and I talked about, and he talks about the, uh, the Bin Laden ready in his book here, The Way of the Seal. And so those, I don't know if you know this, but these guys built a compound that looked like the one in Pakistan that they were going to hit when they went after Bin Laden. And dirt diving the mission is just going to give you focus. And if things happen, it's going to allow you to maintain that focus. So I don't know if you guys know this story, but when they flew in there on this mission, when they were landing one of the helicopters, Matthew, it crashed. They crashed the helicopter. Luckily, nobody was injured. What do those guys do? Did they worry about the helicopter crashing? No, that didn't distract them at all. They were able to still maintain focus on what their mission was and get after it, even though the helicopter crashed. Yeah. I mean, was, how crazy is that? That was one of the contingencies I'm sure that they had planned through. So they knew that if, if this happens, we switch gears and go this way. Absolutely. So dirt diving is going to allow what he just said, to come up with contingency plans, plan Bs, when stuff doesn't go as planned and, and still able to be able to accomplish that mission. It's all part of bulletproofing the mission, which is principle number three, way of the seal. What we don't want is 87 and be a part of the 87% that don't make it in the industry. Let's That's be a exactly part of the 13% right. that are successful in doing what we do. That's right. What are the points that we want to make sure to cover? I think that pretty much covers what we wanted to hit for today. You want to kind of review the key takeaways, Matthew? I'll let you do that, and we'll have a few minutes for questions if we uh, if we have any. Okay. 
So to as an overview and a, and a takeaway of bulletproofing your mission, principle number three, way of the seal. Bulletproofing your mission means to do everything possible to eliminate potential obstacles and harden your team and mission plan against the enemy fire. Selecting the right targets, the, high, the highest value ones that fit your vision, your mission, and your team's unique potential, it's key to success. Way of the SEAL leaders will learn to use the rapid planning fits tool in order to do this. Does it fit with the skills of your team? Is it important? Is the timing right? And is it simple? That's how we would identify the target. Other key takeaways, once the most viable targets are selected, the leader and the team must evaluate all the options and select the simplest and most compelling one. The way of the civil leader will use the prop tool for this. The prop was priorities, realities, options, and the path that you choose to get to the target or to uh, accomplish the goal. Communicating the mission plan by telling a story in which everyone can see their part allows the mission vision to be shared by the entire team. There won't be conflicting visions or views on what success is or what the rules of engagement are. The last takeaway, elite teams will dirt dive or mentally rehearse the overall mission and their team or individual roles once they have a clear vision of the entire operation. This dirt dive becomes standard operating procedure for elite teams before they step off the ramp. That's it. Any questions? You guys have any questions for us? Put those in the chat or uh, we should be able to hear if anybody comes off mute. Let's see if there were any from the Facebook post. Any questions, comments, or feedback? Favorite, which was the favorite prong of the four? Which one do you think is most important or your favorite? Okay. Really, I think the foundation is selecting high-value targets because the others build off of that, right? We want to make sure that we're hitting the most valuable things. You know, one of the things you may do is you may not need to do the, the, the CMAC model. You know, if it's not something that's really complex, you can communicate it in other ways. So you may not need to do that. Sometimes it may be obvious what the path is, and you may not need to go through the whole process of creating a fits tool. I'm sorry, using that prop tool. Yeah. But really selecting the high-value targets is, is the most important and essential item. Yeah, I remember getting a real estate license, and you it's like you don't know which way to go first. Like a kid in a candy store, sellers, buyers, referrals, property management, uh, investment properties. All these different things, different directions you can go, but it's a matter of staying focused, deciding which one fits you and your personality best and your skill set, what's important, the right timing and what's simple, and then pursuing it. Any other questions? I think that covers it. We want to uh, give a quick preview for the next few weeks, Craig, because we're going to be doing this every Friday. Uh, walking through this book. So I think for the next several weeks on Friday, we're going to be covering an, another principle in this book. So we, we just covered principle three. We reviewed the first two principles, one and two. Uh, principle four would be what? Just do today what others want. And that's kind of along, along the lines of the smoke jumper screen. 
do today what others want so you can do tomorrow what others can't. <laughs> I like it. So next Friday, look forward to that. We hope to see you all then. Log on to Agent Power Huddle, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. on the West Coast uh, next Friday, and we'll cover that principle number four. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. See you guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.